0: Welcome to another episode of Metal Mastermind. Your co-host here, Jason Stallworth, and co-host and co-owner of Metal Mastermind.
1: Ken Candelis, good morning.
0: Good morning. Is it morning or afternoon?
1: You? Oh, it is morning. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely morning.
0: <laughs> now, people people might be listening to this at night, so i would be like, good night, you know.
1: Oh, um, yes, right. Well, we are Eastern Standard Time, and it is yeah. 10.30 this morning.
0: <laughs> it is morning still, dude. <laughs> so i i
1: mean i like i like doing stuff in the morning because it just makes things a little bit you know flow a little easier for the rest of the day um you know we are going to talk about something pretty important today we want to uh highlight on the topic of criticism now yeah criticism i know uh jason as a public figure too you get criticism quite a bit i think anybody who decides. To be in the public light is just going to have to face that. And you're going to receive a lot of public comments and you're going to have to learn how to deal with whether they're trolls or even super fans, right? So this is, a, I think, a pretty personal topic in many ways for a lot of people. But I actually want to open up with you, Jason, in asking how you've experienced criticism in the past and maybe what were some of the initial reactions that you first had to maybe how do you respond now
0: yeah because the way i responded in my early years is a little bit different you know, i've been i've been a musician throughout my entire life since uh since i picked up the guitar end of 1989 and about a year after that i started playing in bands i was playing in a church band i played in, a, in an alternative rock band for a while i played in an 80s style band i've had several bands over the years and and of course, now being out there on YouTube. Um, so I, I got criticized. I had a band, we'll go back to like the mid 90s. I had a band that I'd formed with a good friend of mine called The Guys. And uh, we're just, you know, some guys hanging out. And, you know, my buddies, they, you know, they kind of lightly criticized my vocals a bit back then. Uh, now, at the time, I didn't take it very well. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But I know deep down at that time in my life, um, I either should have worked to get better at what I was doing, which was, you know, vocals and also playing guitar and singing at the same time, because if I'm honest with myself, I wasn't very good at that. And my vocals were just kind of subpar, right? And I've never been, I've never like deemed myself as as this awesome vocalist. I love singing as much as I do playing guitar. But it is something that I was always a little self-conscious. I, I didn't have that that ultimate range and, and what have you. But you know, my buddies they they lightly criticized me, and I could tell that they probably thought our band probably had a better chance with another singer, you know, and we could have gone in a different direction. And I just I feel that I held us back. And I've told them I've apologized to them both over the years because they had. And I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere very important with this. In regards to who you accept criticism from and who you listen to right and which opinions really matter so these are my bandmates we're trying to do something their opinion did matter to me um, and it still does today I often send tracks to them both Eddie and Tom if they're if you guys are listening hey guys Uh, two of my closest (laughs) friends you know we've been friends for decades now but back then I didn't take the criticism well and I just kept going. And I really feel that I kept our band from its full potential that we may have had otherwise. So, and you guys probably, you know, Ken, everybody listen, they probably didn't expect to hear that side of it, right? They probably just expected to hear, well, I got criticized and it got me down, or I said, I don't care, whatever. Well, th- this is criticism that I should have probably listened to. Well, there's no probably about it. I should have listened to this criticism. Um, now, if we go over, To the other side of that and you're just putting stuff out there you're doing your best uh because even even the the best of musicians that are putting great content out there putting great music out there get bashed like kirk hammett we'll talk about him in a second right (laughs) but uh oh yeah yeah you know and and it's like i think you have to be and what i've learned over the years is you really have to be careful how you let the criticism impact you because most people these days because of the internet and i love the internet ken you and i wouldn't be doing this without the internet so i I, i'm not one of those people that says well internet is evil the internet only shows people's true character oftentimes we say things on the keyboard that we wouldn't dare say to someone's face and that's not being a tough guy or tough girl that's just it's just a matter of, of just being a decent human being a lot of the stuff that people blurt out online Well, if they were sitting down with you and I and having a cup of coffee or a beer, maybe two beers, they wouldn't talk to us like that. But for some reason, people get behind the keyboard and and, and their true character comes out. So I'll I'll turn it over to you, Ken, because I want to know how you handle. But I'll just say this. Uh, These days, I let it roll off my back. I used to let it bother me, whether it was criticism I needed to hear or whether it was just criticism that was meaningless, because 90 percent of the criticism, maybe even 98 percent of it. Is useless it adds no value it's someone's opinion and oftentimes that opinion is what that person thinks of themselves so they You're criticize sure. you or whoever to make them feel better about not pushing forward not moving forward with their own life so the two things the two takeaways from from my experience is know who to accept the criticism from and where that's coming from is it coming from a good place? Is it coming from a place that is going to bring value or is it just someone blurting out their opinion, their meaning meaningless opinion? So you have to decipher like which one, which one is it? Then you decide how you handle it. If it's constructive criticism coming from a bandmate or your producer, for example, okay, well maybe you listen to them and like, okay, well let me see Maybe they're pushing you harder. right? Um, Pushing you to be greater, to be better. Um, but if it's coming, if if it's the other ninety eight percent of criticism, you really just had to let it roll off your back.
1: Yeah, and i I want to talk about that uh, side of things where people online, when they criticize, uh, a lot of the time because there is a barrier between people when you're speaking online, which is obviously the internet. So you are behind a screen and. It's like, honestly, any thought that comes to your head can be exerted onto the screen and you can say whatever you want. <laughs> it's uh, it's allowed people, uh, and I love this quote. I, it came actually from a movie called The Glass Onion with, yeah. uh, I think it's Daniel Craig. And he says, uh, there's a difference between speaking the truth and speaking without thought. Mm. And I love that because it's a very, very unique way to just give a perspective on how do people save information? And when you're looking online, many times what people say isn't necessarily true. It's just they're speaking what comes to mind. And some people will say, well, I'm just speaking the truth. You know, they'll say that, but maybe they're actually ignorant of what the truth actually is you know maybe they just don't know or it's uh just an assumption that they think that it's true uh those kinds of comments that you find and criticisms we'll call them online they're they come from sometimes people who have just a lot of bias towards one way of thinking um and they just haven't seen it from the other side yet uh even as a company, Metal Mastermind has put out, you know, quite a bit of content, and we get people who respond instinctually all the time. And actually, when we talk to them uh, through comments and stuff like that, many times we actually see uh, them turn around <laughs> and say, "Oh, I actually didn't really mean it, you know, to be that way." Or actually, I see your point. And uh, some people are open to that. You know, they're going to correct themselves. Some people are also very stubborn and they don't really care and that's okay too. And those are the opinions that shouldn't matter to you. Right. So when you, uh, mentioned, uh, the working with people earlier on in your life with, uh, the guys, right. And having that experience of being close with your bandmates and wanting to grow and see what kind of, you know, uh, you know, criticisms you can take in order to to help you become a better musician. Sometimes it's really hard to take that information because at the same time, you're also uh, you're also, you know, limited if they're talking about, you know, what they think you should do, you're also limited to their perspective on what your next step should be, if that makes sense. It's not it's not like you're receiving um, the best advice every time. Because, you know, what they think might be better for your growth may not actually be what's better for your growth. Uh, sometimes it's also when are you ready for for growth? Many times when we are starting off, uh, we're as a musician, we're very insecure and we don't have a lot of that confidence that we really uh, seek uh, from our idols. right? Because when you see somebody that you idolize play and they're just like, ripping it up and just not even having like a care in the world, what everybody thinks in that moment, you aspire to be that you aspire, you're, you are inspired to practice every day and make better moves for your, uh, practice regime and and trying to get even more, uh, how would you say, just experience. Right. So, but in the beginning, when you are at that point, the people that you're surrounding yourself with are probably going to be at the same level, if not, maybe a little more, right? So everybody in that realm is still growing too. When you get later on in your career, the type of criticism that you would have respected in the beginning, you probably wouldn't respect as much now because now you become a a different, you know, you're at a different stage of your, of your experience. So now you 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 require more uh how would you say respectable (laughs) opinions in that case
0: uh and that brings up a good point ken you know it, it goes back to who you're getting the criticism from you know like you said we we've gotten criticized on a few of our videos we don't get a whole lot of of the trolls and that sort of thing one pops up every now and then you know from under the bridge but um a lot of times and i've had this happen on my channel on social media i've i've had a lot of folks they'll blurt something out because again people don't stop to think before right. they type they just blurt it out and just throw up their opinion on everybody uh but word vomit it word yeah i love that word vomit well, i don't love it cuz it's gross but yeah that's a good <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of times, Kenneth, you and I are the type of people because you, you and I are pretty much the same in so many ways. And, uh, you know, we're the type of people that we don't bite back, but we'll we'll gen- generally answer with kind of a softer response and, and usually encourage folks. You know, sometimes I'll acknowledge that, hey, you know. <laughs> It sounds like you're having a bad day or or, or maybe I'll even explain myself. And I, I don't I don't always believe in over explaining yourself to everyone because that just gets uh, sometimes that's just useless. But I think you can sometimes tell. And like you said before, those people will oftentimes turn around it's like, look, I've even had people say, look, man, I was just having a bad day. I didn't mean that. And I have a lot of respect for that because I think we all make mistakes we all say things at times that we maybe wish we hadn't said and and uh you know sometimes you can't go back and find that comment to delete <laughs> but i think when people are willing to to fess up like hey you know what i screwed up i didn't mean this i i gained some respect for that person uh when that happens but you do have to be careful who who you take the criticism from and how you let it impact you you know
1: yeah yeah 100 it you can't you can't be bothered by everybody who has an opinion.
0: No. Because <laughs> no, everybody can.
1: does have an opinion and you are your own person and you have your own mission and not everybody's there to walk the same path as you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that sometimes. And it's honestly, really, it's the people that are closest to you that make it the hardest. So you have to be willing to understand that what you're doing has a very unique place in your path in your yeah. growth as a person as a musician whatever the case may be so uh sometimes uh you know especially when it comes to like family too that could be something that may confuse you uh because you are you know if you're if you're like me I'm I'm very close with my family but my family is also full of a lot of artistic talent so it's very easy for me to also listen to some of that artistic talent from my family even if it may not be what i was actually intending for my own art you know so every artist has their own view of what art is so (laughs) it's gotta it's gotta be a little bit of a checks and balances with your you know your perspective and your system and your arts and everything that involves that so Yeah, I totally agree. And you have to be open enough to welcome what people perceive your art to be, but you also have to have the tough skin, right? So, you know, tough Mm -hmm. skin, but (laughs) spongy mind, right? They they say.
0: (laughs) I always like that. No, I I love that. And, you know, I I I love the fact that you, are especially your dad. You know, he's he's a great musician. He's a drummer and he's played you know Thank played you. music all his life. So and it, I was so glad to meet him. That it was it's been a couple years now. Uh, but you know, it's kind of like you and I. I I feel like that you and I both are accomplished musicians. We've been playing for for years. Uh, you know, I know I'm a little older, so I've been playing guitar a little longer. But you're your drum skills are just as good if not better as as my guitar skills right so it's just and we our music writing skills we're accomplished in that sense and we know the direction we're very clear on our direction uh you know musically as far as the talent and the confidence goes so someone like you or i or, or any like musician that's above our level beyond our level in you know in the sense that they're more successful and have you know have the audience and that sort of thing. I think those are the types of people and even even you and I and, and maybe some of you listening if you're if, you, if you've got albums out there and they're notable and people are listening to them, you especially have to be careful who you take advice from. Uh for example, you know Ken, if you spoke into my music, I would listen to you because you're accomplished and I trust your opinion. Whereas if it's just some random person online, one well, you gotta think like what is their what is their experience in music production, right? What is their experience as a guitar player? I'll touch briefly on Kirk Hammett. <laughs> He's gotten a lot of hate lately. Um and Ken, you and I were talking about a video I put out on my channel recently uh with Cliff, Riff with Cliff at Replay Guitar Exchange here in Tampa. I was trying out uh, – I filmed there about once a month, and I was trying out one of the Kirk Hammett flying Vs. And Beautiful uh, course, guitar. It was so cool. It was such a – and it actually played really well. It's an LTD. I love ESP and LTD. Yeah, with the
1: ebony yeah. neck and all that. Yeah, it was
0: beautiful. Yeah, yeah I, I love ebony fingerboards. Those just kind of like make my hands – do things that I didn't I didn't know they could do so <laughs> just fly. <laughs> uh, but you know we talked briefly about Kirk's solos uh and I listened to 72 seasons I listened to the entire album this week and you know I'll admit the solos that Kirk's putting in there they're nothing to write home about you know uh but at the same time is it really worth so many people just giving them such a hard time with it you know Uh, and if I were Kirk and I'm sure Kirk's not listening to any of this stuff because obviously he's already accomplished. He's in what's arguably the, the, if you don't want to say greatest, the most successful heavy metal band, thrash metal band in the world. Um, so no one's opinion probably matters to him, you know, and and like, like Cliff said in her video, he's like, well, you know, if you're, if you're downing a solos, where's your ride the lightning album at? Where's your decades of success? Hmm. So yeah. that's what I mean in regards to people who who you listen to and who you don't. Now, you also have an aspect where you do want to please your fans as, as a guitarist, as a vocalist. Uh, I want my people that listen to my music. I want them to enjoy it, you know. So if someone came across with a constructive, uh, you know, some constructive criticism, I might listen depending on how it's presented. I think that's very important. So guys listening right now, everyone listening right now, if you do have something to say about someone's playing or singing, first of all, make sure it's coming from a good place. Make sure you're adding value, not just blurting out your opinion that's useless. Make sure it's going to provide value not only to that person, but to the community as a whole. And make sure you're not doing that out of jealousy. Okay? I mean, that's that's a big thing. And we've I think we've all kind of been there before you look at people and like you kind of jealous so then you start saying well they did this wrong they did that wrong and and we start our minds will take us to some you know some dark places sometimes if you allow that to happen uh but stop and think about you know what you want to say just stop for a few seconds right and think about it before you go blurting out whatever you know
1: and, you know, uh, Metallica's new album actually, I think, has been some of the better songwriting that they've had over the last several albums. Uh, I honestly really like it a lot. I'm so, with you
0: on that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just, in general, I, I think, you know, as an engineer myself, I, I've i had my own little critiques about it, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're also pushing, like, some boundaries here, too. Uh, there's... Not a lot of content, for example, in Dolby Atmos, and that's something that they prioritize with this album. And there are some challenges to mixing in Dolby Atmos, which is something that I've personally experienced right now with uh, working on Homeric. And I respect how they were able to make uh, their album sound actually tremendously very well on that format. One of the wow. things that I've uh, learned about it is when you mix in something like 360, mm. actually, things like drums become a little less punchy. So the fact oh, that wow. they were able to make drums still sound punchy in in a immersive format is actually really really hard to do. And uh, you know, I mean, but there are slight things. You know, like for example, I think maybe the kick drum maybe was sounding a little bit too too processed or something like mm. that. But those are like little things that. Did it really change the whole? Not really. (laughs) Those are just like little nitpicks. And I think that as either guitarists or drummers or engineers, I mean, we could, we can nitpick at everything all day, right? That's just kind of in our nature because we, in a way, we listen to music that's written kind of for musicians. <laughs> I mean, that's what metal kind of feels like in many ways. It does
0: sometimes. It yeah. is
1: right because it's 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 one of the more virtuosic type of genres in yeah. in the entire music industry, right? So we tend to favor musicians in our in our listeners. So with uh with all of that being said, though, you know, yeah, maybe Kirk Hammett's uh, solos aren't the most uh, groundbreaking, but how, but he's made so many groundbreaking solos in the past that doesn't really matter. <laughs> Let somebody else make another groundbreaking solo. Right. So
0: <laughs> Kirk, well, I've got, I've got three things that, that I want everyone to think about myself included uh, in regards to solos, and maybe it's neither of these, but number one, Kirk might be just a little burnout on doing the same thing over and over and over um i could be wrong about that you know i've got a i love metallica they're the reason why i got into heavy metal in 88 89 but maybe he's just a little burnt out i've got a book in the bathroom in there and i there's there's no reason why it's in the bathroom it's just there right Uh, for people to read (laughs) it's like their 30 years thing you know uh and there's a picture of kirk uh, in the back when you know when they're interviewing him he's got an acoustic guitar in hand and i and i see myself there it's like you know uh i love metal music i love it sometimes i do get a little tired of it though sometimes i need something different and sure. i play acoustic you guys know i play live acoustic shows around town here so i play as much acoustic as i do electric, and. You know, if you told me I couldn't play metal anymore at this point in life, I'd be a little sad. Sure, it would kind of suck. But if you said, but you can play acoustic, well, I could make that work, you know. Uh, so maybe he's burnout. out. Number two, um, maybe he might have some sort of injury, Ken. You know, I had a pinched nerve two years ago that deteriorated the muscle tissue in my left pec and tricep. And I still haven't fully recovered from it. But at the time, for probably three to four months, I was in excruciating pain. Uh, and if you would have told me to write solos during that time, I don't think they would have been that great. So maybe Kirk and guys, I'm I'm, I'm reaching here. I, I realize that. But these are things to think about before you just blurt out stuff. You know, maybe it's, it's an injury he has uh, in his hands or some sort of arthritis. I don't know these things. But why don't we think of these possibilities before we just say oh he sucks now you know and blah 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 he's lazy or whatever what if it is something like that and what if he doesn't want to talk about it you know um and I had a third reason i had a third thing I was say burnout could be some sort of injury third thing is he might have been just trying something else you know like hey you know what uh the songs these solos i feel like they fit the songs even though they're kind of simple Or whatever uh and this is this is the album this is what it is i think what was it death magnetic or one of the albums they had didn't have any guitar solos in it um so maybe it Death magnetic yeah yeah yeah, i think so so i I, but any of those reasons and and maybe it's none of those reasons right but i don't know i just want i just want us to be maybe a little bit more uh critical in our thinking and and a little bit more you know
1: empathetic i think empathetic is a good word because i think a lot of people just forgo that right they're right they're, they just they blurt out a lot of these thoughts without thinking how it'll affect uh mm-hmm. the individual um i think it's important you know I, i've learned that as as an instructor too right to yeah. learn empathy with my students and there's some times where it, it's better to be hard there's sometimes where it's better to be soft and uh that was just something i've learned through teaching Um, and when you give critique, you know, especially if it's somebody who's learning from you, uh, it's important on how you phrase it. It, It's very important because you have to, yeah, your, your goal as an instructor is to one communicate. That is the, the, the most important part. So how you communicate is equally as important as what you're trying to communicate. And when you tell somebody that they need to work on something, in, rather than saying, you know, this is something that actually I've learned quite a bit from just being in production. One of the great things and, do you, you, you know, like David Foster, uh, Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's a he, he's a many times he would go into a, a, a session uh, as sort of like a vocal coach and he oh, would wow. tell, the, you know, the singer how to do certain things. And he prided himself and not needing more than I think three takes ever ever Man. because how he he would he would say okay give me your performance first right and he says all right love what you did here this is fantastic now let's do that with this section over here and then just add a breath here so that you can have a bigger you know uh sort of uh, approach to this line or whatever right and he would just be very very sort of methodical in a but in a way that churned The best out of the performer right it's like okay yes we know that this person maybe was flat over here but he's not like harping on that being the flat part right right? right. you can't like that that doesn't help okay yes okay but what did they do right that you can bring forward in order to improve on what it is that they didn't do right so always highlight it because you know in the studio right we can't we can't just bash people right if you start bashing people then you start getting lackluster performance because the yes. ego is hurt and all this kind of stuff right so if you're in the recording game it's all psychological you got to you got to learn how to deal with people's emotions in the moment and that comes with kind of just experience right so in the beginning you might you might make that mistake but then over time you start you know kind of getting that sensibility of what what this person may want to hear in order to encourage them say the right right thing to make them do the right or the better performance that you're requesting for so it's like these kinds of things that I'm talking about that it's always the approach right how many times have you ever been in an argument and it wasn't actually really what it was about but it was how the person said what they said that got you really angry right yeah. that's yeah. a very common thing with everybody because sometimes you know, we just got no filter and we forget that words do hurt. And uh, we have to be more aware. We have to think about what we say uh, more often and we have to just be a little bit more empathetic. It's sometimes I know it might be a little harder for some folks um, to know what it feels like on the other side, but we have to try and we have to at least let the other person know where we're coming from yeah. before we just immediately start bashing on what we don't think is right.
0: You know, and that's so. wisdom. That's wisdom. Ken, you, you displayed wisdom right there. You know, if you've got empathy plus wisdom, you're a very powerful person and you can make magic happen. Yeah. You combine those two together, you know, and I love what you're saying is because I was uh, talking to Ed born, the drummer for the metal band siren here in Tampa. And uh, Doug Lee, the singer, I'm, I'm good friends with both of them. And Doug's a phenomenal vocalist. Uh, but he, you know, he was telling me about how Ed kind of coached him through that process, just like you were talking about David Foster. And he's like, he was he was nailing the notes and all that. But Ed would say, hey, well, let's let's take that good part and do this. But let's, let's do something different here. And just them two together just worked magic on that album "A Mercenary's Fate, which they, they released earlier this year. So. It it takes, you know, it takes both sides. It takes being able to not only take the criticism, but but take the advice coming from a person that wants to add value and that cares about the big picture. And you have to remember, like, what is our goal here? We're we're in the studio, right? right? What is our goal? Our goal is to create a great album. Are you going to create a great album or a great vocal line and performance by bashing that person? Probably not. If you're doing that, because I know some people say, "Well, that's just how I am. I'm straightforward." Well, get over yourself. Well, right?
1: same thing with that quote, right? Yeah. A difference between speaking the truth and speaking without thought. Right. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about what you're gonna say, and it could be the truth, yeah. but say it with thought. You know, <laughs> continue. Yeah. I'm sorry, didn't mean
0: to interrupt. No, no, you're you're right though, and and you you say it with thought, like you said. Think about, you know, you, Ken. You and I were talking. We we've been talking about meditation, our experiences, and that sort of thing. And now sharing one of the one of the affirmations that comes across my mind uh, is is that I am conscious of, and I will continue to be conscious of every moment, thought, and action. Because yeah. if I am conscious of every single moment, every thought, every action, then I believe we can work wonders in our life, and not only in our own life, but also in the life of others. I, I believe, and this is why we started Metal Mastermind, I believe we are created to to give value, to create other awesome things, right, and to give value. And is your opinion is it giving value is it providing value to the community if you jump on social media and say oh this person's kirk solos or whatever they're lazy and sloppy and blah 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 how does that opinion add value to that community how does it add value and to me if it doesn't add value well i'd rather just keep my mouth shut about it you know and 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 spend that energy on something good right and if you don't like something, hey, you don't have to listen to it, right? And I'm not saying I'm not saying there shouldn't be constructive criticism, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about just blabbing out your opinion versus giving criticism that's you're going to add value somewhere. You're going to help, right? Mm-hmm. And just blabbing off on somebody's guitar solos because you don't think they're great enough—that doesn't add any value, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I will say that my my experience when I was in the middle of working on this album, I, at a certain point, and I I may have mentioned this on the podcast uh, another day before, but I guess I'll go a little bit more depth into it. Uh, I, I have a good friend of mine. His name is Bill Ahern. He's the he's a guitar tech or uh, Symphony X, and mm-hmm. uh, he's worked with Symphony X for for many many years. But I met I met Bill on tour and Bill, you know, he kind of opened the door and introduced me to Michael Romeo, who's been a big influence in my life ever since I was in high school.
0: He's amazing. So
1: very, you know, he rightfully is, you know, he's one of the guitar gods of metal, so to speak. Right. And I remember meeting Mike and having a conversation uh, with him about my music. Uh, He was very, very open to listening and Actually, he was very, in a way, he said to me, um, I remember him saying this. He said, okay, do you want me to tell you what I really think? Or do you want to just hear what you want to hear? Mm. And I said, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> dude?
1: Because Mike, Mike is a very cool, dude. but Mike doesn't take no bullshit so he just told me that and i was like uh no uh mike actually i would love to hear what you really think because you know in the back of my mind i'm thinking i i know the kind of work you do your your work speaks for itself so there is no better person in the realm of symphonic metal (laughs) that i could ask how should my music grow from here? Right. So and from his opinion, uh, because, of course, it's a it's an opinion. And, you know, Mike, Mike is Mike is very experienced in how he makes Symphony X the way it is. And he's honestly like pretty much 90 percent of most of what Symphony X does. Wow. So, you know, he doesn't mix it. He, but he does do all the the production, and when he was telling me about, you know, some of the things that I had going on in my album, like the drums, for example, I was telling him. I said, you know, he he, he says the drums performance sounds great, uh, but it's there's something lackluster. And he says, and he he even told me, would you consider even somebody mixing it for you? And I'm like, here, you
0: know. <laughs> You're like, dude, oh, I'm, an <laughs> I'm an audio engineer. I'm an audio
1: engineer. God damn it!
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm, I have this moment where I'm like, okay, I just gotta like swallow the pride and just yeah. take it because he's telling me something that I need to hear, right? Right. right. And um, I said, well, you know, I, I said, and probably this came from a point of insecurity where I said. Well, I, th- I think my intention was to make the drums sound more organic. And he mm. says, well, they do sound organic.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said after that, you can make something organic, but then it won't be epic.
0: Mm. Gotcha. And
1: I was like, oh, my God, light bulb. And I said, OK, no, duh, because if I'm going to create something like cinematic metal, Which anything, honestly, cinematic is not really that organic.
0: (laughs) It's got to be big, right?
1: It's 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 hyped. It's 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 bigger, larger than life. It's epic, right? So it's like, yeah, that was the wrong production route to go organic on the drums. And that honestly, all of that made me redo the entire orchestration of the entire album. I I did. And it took me an entire year to reorchestrate everything. With new samples and everything. Because I knew in the back of my mind, I knew it wasn't where it needed to be yet already. I knew that what I had already written was just a sort of like compositional layer, but it wasn't like a truly flushed out, you know, orchestral uh, piece. So I needed to really go back and, and redo those things and get into the nitty gritty of all the articulations and make sure they were right and they were correct and they expressed everything I really wanted it to be. But it took for me to talk to someone like Michael Romeo to who who enjoyed what I was working on. And he yeah. said, the 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 elements are there. He just says, now this is what you need to do to sort of bring it out of, you know, you know, take it take, to, to make it come to life. Um, and that's a, that's a great example of, a, of being open to criticism. No, even knowing that at the, at the time, like I am an audio engineer, but I didn't let that get the best of me Yeah, because I understood that what I was supposed to be receiving from this person who, you know, I could, you know, you meet a, some, you meet somebody like a Michael Romeo I mean, that might, you might only meet them once in your life, you know? So I took that moment as, a, as an opportunity to say, okay, someone who's very experienced in what I'm trying to do is giving me something of value. What am I going to do with that information? Am I going to just, you know, bitch and moan about it? Or am I going to really take it upon myself to do better? Uh, and that was the best decision I ever made for Homer. It, it truly elevated everything that I'm doing. And I, I I keep talking about Homer. I can't wait for you all to hear it. Oh, I can't wait to hear it,
0: because I'm on the guitars, by the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just as a perspective, I mean, this is an album that's been worked on for like eight years and yeah. more. And uh, it's, 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 it's become a, a world of its own. And actually, I was just telling Jason, I just started, you know, finishing parts of the audio book. Because uh, there's an entire novel that goes with my album.
0: That's gonna so, be so killer, man. man. Yeah,
1: man. And then this this is just one of those things where, yeah, you know, sometimes things just need to run its course. And you have to just be open to the change, even if it's hard.
0: But that, and that's okay, Ken, because the two things here. So first of all, the source of where this critique is coming from, the source is Michael Romeo a very trusted source someone who knows what he's doing and talking about he has the experience the second thing to layer with that is his intent for your music he truly wanted your music to to have that pop to have that punch and to give value so those are very important things when when we're talking about criticism had someone just you know off the internet said oh well, you know, this needs that blah, 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 but they don't have the experience and they're coming from maybe not the best of places with the best of intentions. They just want to blurt out their opinion. That's not going to bring any value to you whatsoever. Right. Then going back to how Michael Romeo presented this to you, he didn't say, well, Ken, this sucks. You just need to trash the whole thing and go back to the drawing board. He didn't present it in that way, Right. So, which I wouldn't expect him to. I don't know, Michael, but you, just the fact that you guys are friends, you know, I I assume he's a great dude, as you've told me. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the way he came across, again, it ties back to his intent, which was really to bring more value to to your project, man. And that's what he did. So, all these things are are very important. So, we want to think about that as we might want to critique someone else. I need to think about right before I try to critique someone's guitar playing. Well, first of all, who am I to give the advice on this person's art, right? On this person's project. And what is, what is my true intent? Right. Am I just jealous because they put something out and I didn't Right. I'm just, I'm pretending I'm whoever. Right. But, or, or is my intent to really help this person? Is it like, okay, well, I know this person, um, if i just maybe give them this piece of advice that might take that solo or that or that part to the next level and see how they take it look i, I love what you're doing it's cool but have you considered this you know that's the mm-hmm. approach i would take as opposed to you know like the the 98 of the trolls out there well it's sloppy this sucks and yada, yada yada. that adds no value right so again right. if it doesn't add value i i really I have to, I have to test myself is what I'm about to say. Does it add value? Does this podcast add value? I I truly believe it does to many. I hope that it does. And that's why we're doing this, Ken, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that moment of having understood that my art was being looked at in a serious light by someone I respected was a big moment for me. And, uh, it was even further compounded when, uh, you know, and Jason, you, you were kind of on the receiving end of this blessing where Michael Romeo actually participated on the album as a recording engineer for the guitar tone.
0: (laughs) I know that's pretty cool, man. (laughs) So
1: he actually is involved now with, with all of this. And, uh, you know, I could think of no better, uh, sort of, wow, contribution to have... on on the album, right? And that was an amazing thing to to receive from him. Uh, So it's, it's got a lot to do with also you as a person. And if I was to retort to Mike and be very defensive about everything that I did, and not be open to that criticism, I would probably not be where I am today for it. So, you know, you, you have to remember that this is a people industry, And uh, who you treat with respect and how you treat people. Again, we come back to the how. It's, uh, (laughs) I can't can't stress it enough. It's so important uh, to not just voice your opinion because you think you're safe behind a screen. Right. You have your words actually echo and they come back to you and they come back to you in the form of how people respect you. So it's all karma, right? <laughs> In a sense. Um, and that's why it's, it's very sad to see people who, who voice a very, very dark or bleak outlook on somebody's art and they have nothing to add to value because, like you said, Jason, it probably reflects a lot of who they are as a person and they need to work on a lot of things themselves.
0: It's insecurities, so, man. It's, it's it is it's what it boils down to. Is so easy, uh, and I'm I'm not a sports fan at all. Never have been, but I love the I love the term Monday morning quarterback when everybody's talking about the game the next day. Well, he should have did this. He should have did that. I would have done this. You're sitting on the couch eating pizza and drinking beer. You're you're not out there practicing and doing what these guys right. and girls are doing. You know, all week and and for months in training, like. How would you even know? What what gives you the qualifications, right, to even have an opinion on that? So yeah. I think we had to think about that, and you know, this goes for. Uh, I'll, 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 we'll finish up with you know how to handle criticism, because we, we're all going to get it, guys. The, if you're out there in any capacity, you will get some sort of criticism. Okay, uh, and just know that what we've talked about today. Who is that criticism coming from and what makes them qualified? And then what is their intent? Like you can tell when, what somebody's intent is by the nature of their comment. And most people just, just have ill intentions. They just want to gripe or complain or criticize and just be heard, right? They are They are just really putting their own insecurities out there. They're also putting their own character. They're revealing who they really are as a person right? And these people that leave these just outlandish comments, they're not people, Ken, they're not people I'd I'd even want to associate with. I wouldn't want them in my life because they're just negative people. Uh, They're always going to be downing things. And who wants that? It it doesn't add any value. So if, if it's not coming from a good place and from someone who's actually qualified, and if it's not giving any value, you know, my suggestion is to allow it to roll right off your back. See it for what it is. If you need to delete the comment, delete it. I don't delete any comments. I I used to delete some. I've had a few hurtful comments over the years. Not many, but there there are some where where I did delete them because it was just, I don't want to get into that. But, you know, just let it roll off your back and just understand that as you get out there more as a musician, you are going to get some negative feedback from time to time. So just realize that going into it, but don't let that hold you back. From doing what you know you need to be doing with your life
1: yeah and know and know that your music is not for everybody and that's okay
0: i love that yeah i i absolutely love that what you just said
1: (laughs) it's true um you you can't you can't make music and think that everybody's gonna love it because not everybody is (laughs) but you gotta love it you gotta love it you gotta be like this is the coolest music i've ever heard in my life and that's what i think music should sound like and Go for that. That's that's what's in your mind. And yeah. some people will resonate with that and some won't. And for those who won't, why do they matter?
0: <laughs> it's okay, right? I love it. It's okay. <laughs> there
1: you go. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and with, with that, I mean, just take time to uh, reflect on who you are as a person and what your values are and know that everything's going to be okay in the end. it's just words right yes words can hurt but they are just words which means you can control how you respond to that
0: that's very powerful like you you control how you respond you control how you react Mm -hmm. that's so powerful guys well guys thank you so much for hanging out with ken and i on the metal mastermind podcast uh we love doing these sessions and uh i hope this added some value to your life and and your journey as a musician head over to metalmastermind.com guys we have all kinds of courses for musician i want to highlight our songwriting course metal songwriters forge Uh, this is a course ken and i have put together we're actually we've actually got an upgrade coming to that course here pretty soon so grab it now you'll get the upgrade at no additional charge When that's available Uh, but that course just want to preface on what we've talked about we're not showing you how you should write a song or how to write a song what we're doing is just giving you some structure and some ideas to boost your creativity and every aspect of songwriting so check that out metal songwriters forge and all those courses that we have guitar courses we've got a bass course coming out on metalmastermind.com guys thank you so much Once again, for listening, as always, create your own sound.